on this 10th Sunday after Pentecost, also the celebration of the Apostle James the Elder. The Old Testament reading is recorded in 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning verse 1. Elijah and Obadiah. After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab had summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of his palace. Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord. While Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in, cave, in two caves, fifty in each, and had supplied them with food and water. As Obadiah was walking along, Elijah met him. Obadiah recognized him, bowed down to the ground, and said, Is it really you, my lord Elijah? Yes, he replied. Go tell your master, Elijah is here. What have I done wrong, asked Obadiah, that you are handing your servant over to Ahab to be put to death? As surely as the Lord your God lives, there is not a nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to look for you. And whenever a nation or kingdom claimed you were not there, he made them swear that they could not find you. But now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here. I don't know where the Spirit of the Lord may carry you when I leave you. If I go and tell Ahab and he doesn't find you, he will kill me. Yet I, your servant, have worshipped the Lord since my youth. Haven't you heard, my Lord, what I did while Jezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord? I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves, fifty in each, and supplied them with food and water. Here ends the Old Testament, where Obadiah tries to avoid possible death, but he confesses his faith in the true God anyway. The epistle is recorded in Acts chapter 12, beginning the first verse, which includes the account of the murder of James the Elder. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. When the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing. That what the angel was doing was really happening. 
he thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. We stand in honor of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 10, beginning verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left hand in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Here ends the Holy Gospel. Hey, you kids, get away from there! That's my boat! You're going to fall and then drown yourself! Get, 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 get! Oh! I'm in a fishing business. I can't have kids around on my boat. I'm Jacobus, James, the son of Zebedee, oldest son. Zebedee runs the company. Let no one think that I and my brother John and Peter and Andrew and some other workers don't ever think that we were poor or that we were ignorant. I take offense at that. Maybe I shouldn't talk so loud. They called John and myself Virgines, which meant sons of thunder. We yelled at somebody they better get, or they'd know why. We were tough, but we made a lot of money. 
There's few places in the world where you can get just the right fish. Just the right fish to pickle it with a secret formula and make something called Opsarian. Mmm. Oh, that's good stuff. You could put it on bread, you could put it on meat, you could eat it up straight. It was spicy, it was good, it was really good because we made money. And if you have money, you got respect. And if not, we'd yell at them. We worked hard. We didn't get any handouts. No welfare for us. We were hard-working men. Nobody crossed us. We had respect for very few people. If you couldn't pay up, you got nothing. If you bothered us, well, God have mercy on your soul. However, on one occasion, we'd been fishing all night, by the way. We knew all the secret places. How many of you are fishermen? Well, that's right, you live in town. There's one. Nobody wants to admit they're fishermen because they can't catch anything, I'll bet. <laughs> All night, secret places. We know how to catch fish, but that night we got not a blessed thing. So we're coming in, and Peter and Andrew are already washing their nets because they'd given up. And then we'd heard of this guy. He came from our area, Bethsaida, Capernaum, there was this Jesus character. <laughs> he told the partners, go ahead, go out in the deep water, let down your nets, and you'll catch some fish. Peter tried to argue with him and tell him, look, we know better. That's stupid. But nevertheless, if you tell us to dump our nets, we'll dump our nets. And doggone if we didn't catch so much fish... They're dragging all the fish in. Their boat's getting up to the gunwales, you know, up to the top. So they're motioning to us to come on over. We fill our boats up with fish. Both boats were so full of fish, the fish uh, almost sunk us. That gets the attention of somebody who's a fisherman. Man alive. Oh, just in case you're wondering. You weren't going to waste that fish. Old Daddy Zebedee had some other workers too, and we had them come on over and take care of this big catch because we're going to make money. And then Jesus said a very unsettling thing, which is probably just as unsettling to you. He said, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of human beings, human souls. 
That was the end of riches. We left our old life behind. Because anybody that can take care of fish like that is the man who's going to take care of you. This very day, Jesus says to every single one of you, Come, follow me. Not follow what you think you want. Not follow the ways of the world that you're going to still be rich. Or at least, not too bad off. The first thing is following Jesus and whatever you're doing in life. Not money first and Jesus second. Do you know that that's idolatry? You can't serve God and mammon. Jesus said that himself. Jesus, the Son of God. First commandment says what? You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Are you doing that? Well, you just think about that for a while. Only by the Spirit's doing did we leave it all Start following Jesus. Well, we didn't have to fish anymore. We got to see amazing things. On at least two occasions, there were big storms, which, by the way, can come up real quick on the Sea of Galilee. Storms like you had today, only quicker. Lots of thunder, lots of lightning. People die on the Sea of Galilee within a few hundred feet of shore. We'd seen people die. Jesus was there to protect us every single time there was a storm. We saw him raise the dead, like with Jairus and his little girl, 12 years old, raised. The widow at Nain, the young boy, dead in a doornail, brought out cold to the cemetery. Jesus raises him. Jesus kept doing that, and he'd bring in to witness it Peter, James, and John. We were the inside boys. On one occasion, we even got to see Jesus in his glory when he was transfigured. Peter, James, and John. Even when he goes into Gethsemane before he dies, who does he bring in with him to the inner part of the garden but Peter, James, and John? We were his trusted disciples. We were valuable to him. Although, I'm ashamed to talk about it on one occasion, John and I came up to Jesus and said, Lord, we want you to do anything we ask you because we've been so good as your followers. He said, what do you want? We said, look, we've been faithful. We want to sit at the right hand and the left hand of you when you come into your kingdom. In other words, Beneath Jesus, the Savior himself, we wanted to be number two and number three. That is power, and that's what we wanted. Or 
What do you want out of Jesus today? Is he just there to give you stuff? Is he there to make your business successful and make you powerful? Is he there to watch over you and protect you from thunder and lightning? Or is he, in fact, the promised Savior, the Son of God, who should come first? Jesus didn't say we couldn't be on the right and left, but he did say we had to drink a cup and be baptized. It'd be the cup of death, baptized not in water, but in your own blood. That's what would happen to him. And as for right and left, that's the Father's decision. This Jesus came back as he said he would on the third day. We were witnesses to it. There was a young man who was a humble servant before me. One of the deacons in the church. They took this young man, Stephen, brought him before the Jewish council, had him stoned to death. Oh! Some of us thought that maybe since Jesus was risen, this Drinking the cup of death and the baptism and blood was maybe just a figure of speech. Then it hit me. Herod Agrippa I, a tetrarch, which means a puppet king under the Roman Empire. The Romans ran the place, but Herod was the puppet king. And he had his own little private, secret, underhanded army. If you crossed Herod, stuff happened. Are there any Italians here? Hey, Goomba, stand up. See this? Yeah. Herod's men had this way of getting people's attention and making them do what he wanted. In this case, I was minding my own business. His thugs came along. By the way, they were always walking through the streets keeping order just by the fact that they were there. But everyone knew exactly what they had. Now, don't really use this. <laughs> but as I was minding my own business along in the street, suddenly one of these thugs comes along. Thug, you want to guess what you would probably do? Yeah. That's close, that's close enough. <laughs> just came in behind me and stuck me, pulled it out, and they just kept right on moving. Somebody then noticed I started sinking down to the street. I'd been run through with a Machairus. 
He made it known then exactly what would happen to any one of these followers of this Jesus. Things would happen. You could die. And when he saw it went over so big with the Jewish populace, the next person he dragged in was Peter. Only this time he had the Romans do it. And the Romans were going to do it publicly. They were going to arraign him with a Roman trial. And then they were going to kill him. Every single one of you this day, this morning, this hour could die. Or, of course, most of you are saying, no, I don't think so. I've been to my doctor lately. I take my medicine. I'm not going to go walk out in an electrical storm, but I'm probably okay. Are you sure? I've been hanging on to a big piece of wood all this time, and for many Christians, holding their cudgel would often remind them that salvation came by means of wood, the wood, the cross. If you were to die this day, which you could, are you prepared to face God, to face Christ Jesus? Are you good enough? No! Unless you're perfect. The question is, do you believe in the one who died on the wood of the cross? for you, in his love for you. When Herod's thugs took my life that morning, I had that living faith in my Lord Jesus Christ only, not in self, not in merit, not in goodness, not anything I had done, because I tell you, I wasn't the most godly person in the world. The wood, the cross, no matter when death may come, always know your sins. Confess them. Trust in Jesus on the cross, who also rose for you. Then you're ready. And God will never say to you, Get. He'll always say to you, Come.